It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The biggest missed opportunity for your Cincinnati Reds in 2023 is not what you think it is. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, and he is Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that love for the game and turned it into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at the biggest missed opportunity that the Reds had in 2023, and it might not be what you think it is, or at least it might not be what you think we're going to say it is. Uh, we're also going to take a look at what Reds players are heading into free agency and what they could possibly mean be making contract wise heading into 2024 and then we're going to wrap up today's conversation with jeff asking the question should nick senzel be a member of the cincinnati reds in 2024 before we get into any of that i want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast game time download the game time app create an account and use the promo code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase at game time last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed all right, Jeff, the missed opportunity question. Uh, you can ask it and look at the entire season. You can ask it and look for an individual moment. You can ask it and look uh, in different compartments of the season. But I think you and I are both looking at the big picture. We're looking at yes. the missed opportunity that really prevented the Reds from being a playoff team in 2023. And I think, you know, I, I just put it out there. Everybody's just waiting, holding their breath for us to start bashing Nick Crawl and the way that he handled the trade deadline. That's what you're going to say, right? Not at all. In fact, I love I love this kind of episode, a hindsight's 2020 type deal, because hindsight would say that, sure, they should have went harder at the trade deadline, but you're not looking deep enough. Hindsight should have said, good year, February, spring training. The Reds' mindset should have been totally different, because does hindsight say that Will Myers should have been on this team? Does hindsight say that the pitching staff on opening day should have included Luis Sessa and Connor Overton as starting pitchers? There, there's so many different things that you look at and you can say, well, the Reds should have went harder at the trade deadline. I say, why stop there? Because if you look at what this team accomplished, and yes, it was due to the fact that a lot of call-ups really worked out well for this Reds team, why weren't the Reds, and, and as optimistic as they tend to plan for themselves, why were they still planning to lose in February? Well, and it's and it's pretty clear that they did not. Okay, let, let me be very clear. Uh, it's pretty clear that the front office and the ownership group did not see this team as a playoff contending team, as a winning Which team. Which no one did, right, yeah. No, I mean, you know, you and I talked about how they, with all of the call-ups, might stumble their way into the final wildcard spot, and that's exactly what happened. They nearly got there. Uh, you know, you and I nailed that one, you know, pats on the backs for us. But if you recall, back to, back to 
January, February of 2023. Uh, we were getting things like, uh, you know, they're going to continue to bring in the prospects and evaluate and, and churn the roster and cut the payroll and do all of the things. That's what we're hearing from Nick Kroll. And meanwhile, Phil Castellini's presenting PowerPoints to the Rosie group talking about teams that are out of contention on opening day. So we know what their mindset was. Uh, I think that mindset changed when the energy changed in Colorado when Matt McClain came up. And Nick Crawl suddenly found himself saying, huh, that's interesting. And then with every call up after that, it got more interesting, right? But up mm -hmm. until that point, this team, this team management-wise, front office ownership, had no inkling that they were going to make a playoff push. And I and I think that's that's the biggest missed opportunity. The biggest missed opportunity was the people in charge of putting a playoff team on the field didn't think they had a playoff team. That's the biggest missed opportunity because they didn't act accordingly. Had they acted accordingly and this team left Goodyear with guys other than Luis Sessa and Connor Overton in the starting rotation, had they gone out and got a couple starters, had they realized they were going to be making a playoff push or could potentially be making a playoff push and they had bolstered the bullpen from the beginning rather than waiting for just adding Sam Mole from Oakland, uh, I think it could have made a difference and it could have made a difference early. It could have made a difference in April. It could have made a difference in early May. And those might've been the four or five games difference that you needed to make that final playoff spot that they just missed out on. So I, for me, that's the biggest missed opportunity. The biggest missed opportunity was the mindset of the management. And, and the fact that what the Reds did in the offseason, and we even said it at the time, the moves that they made were the moves that you make when you don't expect to contend. You get a Will mm -hmm. Myers that you hope can you know, have a good season and you can trade him. You you pay nothing for a starting pitcher in Luke Weaver and hope that he figures it out from where his prospect profile had him four or five years ago. You hope for all of these things, but you don't plan for anything. And if the Reds could do this, and they'd say this too, I'm sure Nick Crawl would agree, like hindsight says that they should have been more aggressive last offseason. And if you're more aggressive in the offseason, what do you not have to worry about at the trade deadline? overpaying for, you know, rental players that you may or may not, that may or may not pan out because in the off season, people are more willing to trade. People are more willing to make that deal within the margins. That's why this off season is about to be so exciting because the reds can do some stuff and don't have to worry about, you know, paying $200 where they should have paid a hundred, you know, something like that, which is what the trade deadline ultimately was. There were many general managers of other teams that corroborated that. That was not just the red saying, yeah, the price wasn't there. We didn't like what we, what we were hearing. That was what everybody had said. So no, I don't look at the trade deadline and say that is what doomed this season because the fact that the trade deadline even had to be the thing that saved it just said that going into the year, they had the wrong plan in place. But again, you have to make expectations based on what you see. Would it have been fair to say that the Reds start opening day with Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, Noel V. Marte, CES on the roster? Noel V. Marte started the year in double A. So I think it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like they missed an opportunity for sure because they didn't know what they could be. But also, it's one of those weird instances where, how do you fix this missed opportunity? 
So I don't want people to think that they're they're they have tuned in today to a bash Nick crawl session because I don't think no. that at all. Um, I, I think he took his marching on orders from the owners, and I think that's how they approach the 2023 season. But I think Nick crawl did a good job with the prospects. To to the question you just asked, could they should they have opened the season with more of those guys on the roster already? No, I don't think so. I think that would have been way too much pressure on on either. Matt McClain or Ellie De La Cruz. I think they needed to go back down and show a little bit more and, and work on a little, a little bit more things before coming up. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I like how they kept adding and adding and adding, bringing them up one at a time. I thought that was fine. Uh, also the comment section will probably light me up for this. It usually does. Twitter will let me have it usually does, but I don't have a problem at all with the fact that Nick crawl chose to stand pat at the trade deadline. Uh, this team most realistically was going to be able to go get a Giolito and instead was outbid by the Los Angeles angels. We saw what the angels had to pay to bring in Giolito. And then we saw how Giolito performed once leaving Chicago. When you go out and get pitching at the break, it is never, ever, ever a guarantee unless you're trading for a Luis Castillo. We also know what that price tag looks like. So you, you have to weigh the prospect capital versus the performance that you're going to get uh, with the guys like Giolito. It was going to be a gamble. And we saw how that worked out. It basically decimated the angels farm system and they ended up putting him on waivers. Uh, so, and that's not just an isolated example, Jeff, uh, let's go back to last Lance year Lynn. where the reds Lance oh, Lynn yeah, this yeah, year, yeah, yeah. right? We can go back to last year where the Reds were the beneficiary of one of these deals where a team knew that they had to overpay to try to make the playoffs and the Minnesota Twins went out and got Tyler Malley. Who did they give up, Jeff, to get Tyler Malley? Spencer Steer, CES, and half of the of the trade capital that brought in Will Benson. Correct. That is a big, 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 big price tag for a pitcher that has pitched nine Franchise altering for the Reds, really? Yeah, it was. And it will be for a long time. And Tyler Malley has pit, made nine starts for Minnesota yeah. since that trade went down. Uh, you know, I said on our show the other day, yeah, I said on our show the other day that that trade may go down at the end of it all. When all the players have retired, that trade by war may go down being the most lopsided trade in Reds history. So uh, for the positive, we, we won't talk about the negative ones. Um, <laughs> but so for me, like the price tags are evident. We know what it would have cost. I was not willing to trade away Noel V. Marte. I was not willing to trade away CES, not willing to trade away Matt McClain or Ellie De La Cruz or any of the games. Edwin Arroyo, maybe, but it was going to take more than him to get anybody of value. So we know what that price tag looked like. We know what Nick would have had to give up. And I agree with him. It was not worth the risk. It was not worth the long-term negative impact to the farm system and the viability of the Reds being competitive for the next six or seven years. Every dares will know that you and I are in agreement on this. And and to be honest with you, the reason that the Reds had to make a move it, it, that people felt like they would have had to overpay the deadline is because they go all the way back to the off season. They go all the way back to spring training and not positioning themselves well at the beginning of the season. That is the biggest missed opportunity of 2023. You know, coming into this off season, the Reds are really only losing a few players to free agency and coming up, we'll look at what it will take to retain them. But first today's episode is brought to you in part by bird dogs. These are the most comfortable pair of shorts or pants that you will ever own. This is the kind of beautiful clothing that 
my wife wishes I wore all the time because it looks way better than most of the stuff that I have. You can literally do everything with them though because they're so comfortable. They look good enough to go out on a date when, but they're comfortable enough to relax on the couch in as well. You absolutely need to check these things out. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB to get a free water bottle with your purchase too. They've got great stuff. They're made with this really comfortable kind of fabric. It's moisture wicking. It's very nice and cool and very comfortable. If you're like me and you, you kind of want to remain cool in all situations, Bird dogs are the way to go. Plus, with it getting cooler outside, they've got pants to boot. Check them out today and, and, and go get the kind of thing that's going to make you look very sexy, but also keep you feeling very comfortable, too. That cross-section is very small when it comes to clothing. Bird dogs creates it. Go get some bird dogs today. Birddogs.com slash MLB or use the promo code MLB again to get that free water bottle with any purchase. Bird dogs, you won't want to take them off. We promise you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen every single day. You can join the Locked On Reds Insiders, where you can get breaking news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone. Plus, you can have a one-on-one conversation with me via text. I'm excited to have you be part of the Locked On Reds Insiders. Join Locked On Reds Insiders now and be in the know all the time. Just text GoReds to 513-597-0944. Or follow the link in the description of today's episode for a 14-day free trial. And uh, coming up tomorrow on the podcast, we are going to look at what-if moments. So, you know, we did favorite memories yesterday, talking about biggest missed opportunity today. And tomorrow, what if? Can do a little, you know, Marvel the Watcher action there. What-if moments of the 2023 season. But Reds, uh, you know... The Reds have a couple of guys that are going into free agency, not very many. And it's one of the biggest reasons to be so excited about this team is that stability, continuity, roster is largely going to be very similar next year. Now, they have five guys who gave them significant or somewhat significant playing time this season. One of them came in very late that are going to be hitting the free agent market. And I find this interesting because we, we've talked about this a couple of times now. SpotTrack.com looks at sports economics, and they estimate the value of a player and their average annual value for the contract that they could sign a free agency. They've done so for the five Reds free agents, Joey Votto, Harrison Bader, Kurt Casale, Buck Farmer, and Luke Maley all have estimated values on their deals. And I wanted to start off first with Joey Votto because he's a guy that we have talked about multiple different ways. You know, could the Reds bring him back? Is is this something that could happen? We we've talked about the scenario within which the Reds would have to bring him back to the team. But when it comes to value-wise, Track only has him at five and a half million dollars, Steve. Joey's looking at you very disappointedly right now, if you're watching on YouTube. No, 
five and a half million dollars um from joe from steve's t-shirt but when you <laughs> when you when you look at these values and as we get into the rest of these there's a couple head scratchers here and 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 i don't know how i feel about the vado one on one hand with his recent durability issues and him becoming more and more and more of a platoon type player the value makes sense but also knowing that joey thinks he's still a full-time player and believes he can be a valuable full-time player i can't see him signing a deal for this amount of money uh, now i do know that the reds are gonna have to buy him out at seven million dollars and that might make a difference but I, I i think i think he's gonna be looking for maybe double this jeff so would you think okay so then different question on this not would you bring him back at five and a half million if Joey is getting a bunch of offers that are in this range, does he just retire? Maybe, but he really wants to play. So it becomes yeah. a question of, it becomes a question of, do I want to play a little bit or do I want to play not at all? Mm-hmm. And if he's being genuine, when he says, I just want to play baseball, which I uh, believe he is. Baseball, yeah. I, and I do too. So when faced with that question, then with a reality of, Everybody wants me to be a DH. Everybody wants me to only face right-handed pitchers and everybody wants to pay me $5 million. I think he weighs it in his mind and ultimately takes that big bite of not humble pie. Cause he has not been, he hasn't had an ego about this. I, he just truly right. believes he's still got something in the tank, but does a little inner soul searching and makes the adjustments in his own mindset. And that will allow him to take a deal that makes him a right-handed a uh, right-handed pitcher hitting designated hitter. It intrigues me because, I mean, he's always said that the moment he becomes ineffective is when he's going to retire. So he still believes he can be effective. Now, could a general manager convince him that, yeah, you're really effective when you fit into this role and he takes that role? I could see that. I just, I, I wonder if looking at that monetary, because I'm with you, I think that, you know, him getting a five and a half million because we we surmised at one point we're like you know could he take a three million dollar deal so that it's the buyout at seven million three million dollars ten million total for the year you know maybe that happens but i wonder and, and i think that's just from the reds like I, I don't think he takes that from another team so no and and on that just a real quick add-on to that that's also why all of the things we've just said is also why he's not going to initially just sign with the reds that way uh, he's gonna have to be go a day one deal. No. no, he's gonna have to go out onto the market and see. Do teams believe like I believe that I can hit and play every day, or do teams yes. think like everybody's saying that I am a part-time player? Then he can make a correction in his mindset from there. But I think he's got to go out and find that out first, which is why there won't be some big press conference announcement on day one, as you say, with Joey staying home for his farewell tour. He's gonna have to go find out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how that plays out because yeah, there's, there's two schools of thought here. Like Joey wants to play, wants to do his thing. Everyone else is saying that there is a certain way that he's going to have to go about that. So how does, where's the cross section at? Where does that meet? Mm -hmm. There's an interesting number on this list, Steve. Um, and and we can count down. Uh, so, okay. I'm going to say it. And then uh, on the count of three, we're going to both say the word what, because, Harrison Bader, according to Spot Track, is valued at fifteen million dollars per year. So three, two, one. What? what? Yeah, no. This what? Is, this is ridiculous. 
I, I want to know how they do their valuation. It's more math than I probably understand, so I'm not mm -hmm. going to get into all that. But um, yeah, no, that that surprised me. And if that is what he is garnering, and you know what, if, if it was something about like his whole career and putting that all together and what he did before he got to the Reds this season, that's fine. Somebody else can pay him fifteen million dollars to go do that. Mm -hmm. Couple more guys, and and uh, looking at because. Um, We've talked about catching depth and things like this. Both Kirk Casale and Luke Maley are becoming free agents this uh, winter. You'd be surprised to note that according to Spot Track, Kirk Casale more expensive than Luke Maley this offseason, which just has me saying, go get Luke Maley right now. Make him a day one signing. Yeah, if uh, if Luke Maley is actually going to be able to be had for this three million dollars uh, in anywhere in that neighborhood, sign him right now. Um, yeah. Do not do not wait. Do not. Do not, I almost said a bad word. Do not, <laughs> do not, mess, do not mess around <laughs> with it. Don't mess around with it. Just sign him because Don't mess around what, and he, find out. what he brings to the team in already knowing this young pitching staff, uh, what he brought to this team in 2023 performance-wise, it all makes that a, that value a, a tremendous value. Uh, there's there's some things in there that, that other teams aren't going to get when they sign a Luke Maley, and that's just the institutional knowledge of that particular staff. So uh, I, I think they need to go get him uh, to be Tyler Stevenson's backup. The the fact that Kurt Casale is valued more makes me maybe question the whole – between this Bader number and the Kurt Casale number here, um, I, I've got questions. We need somebody from Spot Track to come on the show and explain themselves yeah. because Kurt Casale was – a nice guy and you don't get to make a million dollars more than Bad. the guy that performed because you were a nice guy uh he did yes. not play well uh it became evident very early that the reds knew that he was not playing well um i'm still convinced he got a wink wink nudge nudge injury list assignment there at the end of the year to to round out some service time uh i would be shocked i would oh, yeah, be shocked yeah, i'd be shocked if he's anywhere in baseball in 2024 i, I think he needs to be a, i think he needs to be a coach already I, I i can see him coaching is the four is the it's almost four and a half so the number is four million four hundred seventy two thousand two hundred twenty two dollars for kirk casale that's per year um is that all because of the ricky karcher game did he make that all because he stopped every single one of those pitches <laughs> like, so he's getting he's getting credit <laughs> for the save right so yeah. you know his number has been his more saves than any other catcher his, his save statistic he leads the league that's absolutely right. I think it's clear, though, with the few players that are heading to free agency, it really underscores the just absolute strength and stability of this roster and the fact that we're going to see a lot of the same guys next year. You well, know, absolutely. You know, I have a question about Nick Senzel, and, and Steve teased it at the top of today's episode, uh, because we seem to know everything there is to know about this guy, so the answer should be pretty simple, right? We'll see. Coming up next. Today's episode is also brought to you in part by FanDuel. The League Championship Series is heating up. A lot of great action going on, whether you're talking about the American League with the old Texas final, or you've got the Phillies and the Diamondbacks rolling to see who's going to make it to the World Series. Will the Phillies make it back? Will the Diamondbacks make it to the World Series? We're in a crazy world here with this MLB playoffs, and you can get in on all the action. At FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. New users 
When you wager $5, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed win or lose. It's that easy. Plus, there's all kinds of great promos all throughout the playoffs, whether you're talking about football season, if you want to get in on some college football action, some NFL action, lots of stuff to get into. Make a couple of bucks. There's some fun promo bets, too, if you're looking at individual baseball games and things like that. I always say check out the first pitch a prop bet. It's a lot of fun. If, if, if you bet on that to be like put in play, crazy odds. Check it out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, your first wager of $5 will get you $200 back in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks as always for making Locked On Reds your first listen every day. You know, you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me and Steve on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. Uh, I'm also on TikTok. I'm still trying to figure out how I want to, what I want to do with you, my TikTok. Do you dance over there? Are you doing I like do not dance. dances? It's with not just dancing. Are you, like, are you like carrying a big old platter of fry box and doing like a little jig as you walk through the concourse? That would Listen, not be a bad about, idea. If, I should do Jeff, that. If Jeff can get a thousand followers on his TikTok, Next season, we will record a dancing video of Fry Jeff boxes. carrying fry box through the concourse at Great American Ballpark. We'll make it look a little flash mobby. We'll get some of his group of season ticket holders to do a little backup dancing. Pemberton, I'm talking to you. This will be a thing. <laughs> Thousand followers for Jeff Carr. Jeff, what's your what's your TikTok? Same as my Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, this is uh, this is, gonna this is going also- down. You can also you should have uh, never brought up TikTok. You're a dead man. This is going I'm down. To, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what we're doing with that. Um, but also, you can uh, join the Locked On Reds Discord community. We got a link down in the chat. A lot of great folks talking Reds baseball there. And in fact, I asked a question to our folks on the Locked On Reds Discord page: If you could bring back Nick Senzel as the right-handed platoon option for this outfield, and he understands that that is his role. Do you do it? And, and, and comparable cost for what he had this year, not like a significant raise. So you're you're pitching the idea of uh, declining his arbitration value, making him a free agent. Kyle doing Farmer, Kyle Farmer doing the Kyle, Kyle Farmer, Farmer trick. Yeah. All right. So I think this is just two different questions. Um, okay. Could that be okay? Maybe. Uh, this is what we know about Nick Senzel. He can't string together an entire healthy season. He has not been able to do it. He has not been able to perform uh, solidly, reliably for an entire season. He has a lot of a lot of slumps and, and peaks, peaks and valleys, which I'm told is what we're trying to eliminate <laughs> in Cincinnati. So sure. there's that. Uh, we know that over the years, there's been multiple instances of friction between Nick Senzel and this front office and this ownership group, multiple issues uh, that they haven't played out a lot in the media. The media skirted past them as is the Cincinnati media way, but, but they and exist. It's shared blame. It's shared. Bl- That's yes. not something no, that absolutely. we're putting all on one side. It's no, shared blame absolutely. Right. But there's, there's conflict in this relationship. And then the Reds pretty openly gave up on Nick Senzel last year. It was clear that they had decided they were done with him. And only through a series of unfortunate events did Nick Senzel get an opportunity to come back up. And then, you know, he did a few things, uh, which is great. 
So all that being said, Jeff, to answer your question, if they make Nixon Zell an unrestricted free agent and decline his arbitration value, he is looking for the first airplane out of town. He is going to go find a situation, a, a start over deal, a change of scenery uh, opportunity to go out there. And, and, and do we know who he is? Probably he's an injury riddled, you know, what might've been that can hit left-handed pitching pretty decently. He'll find a job. Uh, that job won't be in Cincinnati. That's that's fair too because the question does have two sides to it. It's would the Reds bring him back? Do you want the Reds to bring him back? And also, does he want to come back? And you're right when you when you lay it out that way, it really sounds like that's not a reunion that we see. And and we've kind of we've kind of chalked him up as a guy that's leaving, a guy that won't be here next season because last year kind of felt like his last hurrah. And like you said, when they sent him down, I even did an episode where it was just like, yeah, that's it. Nixon Zell's done. And I, I I feel like on paper, he could fit the right-handed outfield bat mold, but there's so much more. Because remember, remember when they sent him down, there was an injury to the outfield and they brought Stuart Fairchild back up Before instead him. of bringing up Nixon Zell. It was only when the second outfield injury occurred and there was nobody else to call that Nixon right. Zell get to come back to the active roster. And I think, too, that it's just with all of the relationship stuff, the off-the-paper stuff, the off-the-field stuff, yeah, I think you're right. Like, the moment that he is no longer tethered to this organization, he cuts ties with this organization, and, and, and he has every right to do so. And I, I stand by this. This is not a situation where I blame the Reds. They did wrong things here. This is not a situation where I blame Nick Senzel, but he did wrong things as well. And at the end of the day, clean break go somewhere else and figure it out. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's going to go down. We talked, you know, earlier in today's episode about missed opportunities for 2023. One of the missed, the biggest missed opportunities. I mean, Nixon Zell and Brandon Larson are the Spider-Man meme at this point, because I mean, we're talking about a dude that was said by a scout that this was the, this was the quote. This was a quote from a scout about Nixon Zell. Senzel has a contact and power combination that will profile anywhere on the diamond. And he is a likely star. If he ends up at his natural position at third base or proves athletically capable of handling second base or center field, that's not going to happen. No, and, and listen, we're this is not Nixon Zell bashing, as you're saying, Jeff. I right. mean, I, I have been one of the biggest Nixon Zell champion supporters from, from day one back in the back in the Reds Alert podcast days. Um, the day that he got called up, I had his dad on and spent a long time talking to his dad about, you know, the journey that the Senzel family had from, you know, childhood with Nick all the way through college and the adversity of kind of what went on in the Reds and minor league system before that call up uh, it was a great conversation. It made me a fan of the family. Uh, I'm a fan of the player. I, I truly hope, you know, a lot of times we're like when, when players leave the Reds, we don't want them to go become superstars because it becomes a case of, Oh man, we really missed out. Right. I truly hope Nixon Zell goes somewhere and finds himself because I want that dude to have some success. Uh, I want that yeah, dude to to accomplish some things. And, you know, I'll be rooting for him. I don't care where he's playing. As long as it's not against the Reds that day, uh, I'll be supporting him. I agree wholly. And that is where we will end today's podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here on this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. And uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next show. What if? 
We're going to go over some what-if scenarios. Not necessarily the biggest missed opportunities, but there's some what-if scenarios to play out that will be on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. Plus, if you've got thoughts about, you know, biggest missed opportunities, Nixon Zell, all that great stuff, Aloha Friday. Coming back this Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to have our Hawaiian shirts on at all. Enjoying talking some Reds baseball with you. Yeah, well, you live in Hawaii, so you call it Aloha, I call it Hawaii, because I don't live in Hawaii. I'm living in Ohio where i got to wear long sleeves and it's cloudy outside. Whatever, Steve, get us out of here. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Make sure you are subscribed. You're not going to want to miss our episodes, and you'll get a notification every time that we go live. We're going to keep you Locked on Reds every single day. What if you didn't fall off the rowing machine at Orange Theory? Probably be in shape by now. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.